Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, y'all. Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm super excited to be diving into our topic today with Debbie Brosnan. We're going to be talking about learning to cook. Now, before I formally introduce Debbie, let me tell you a little bit about why I'm posting this right now. So in Flow 365, we have been talking a lot about meal planning and cooking in the month of February. And the way that Flow 365 works, as you may have heard me say a bazillion times, but I'll tell you again, is there these parts that we always do. So we're always checking in on Mondays around our goals. We're always showing up for focus sessions and really focusing on the work that we promised ourselves we would do for the week. And we're always checking in at the end of the week to celebrate and to plan the next week. Like that's, that always happens. But every week, every week, every month, there's a theme. And this month's theme, February's theme was cooking and really getting everyone who had a food goal, which many people do, to just off on the right foot. And so we've had meal planning calls, extra meal planning calls. And this week we had a meal prep call, which was so much fun. And it just got me thinking about, it just took me back to when I first decided to get healthy. And you all, I literally, literally did not know how to cook. And that was a really stressful part of it. And my first step was actually to take control of my health. And so rather than fully learn how to cook for everybody, I found basically like six meals that I could make for myself. And I focused on that, even though I had three kids and a husband who also needed to eat, I focused on that for a bit. And once I got that under control and really felt like I could feed myself well, that whole put your oxygen mask on first thing, I decided that this was too good. Like if I felt this good, I wanted everyone that I knew and certainly everyone in my house to feel this good. But I had this predicament. Like I just simply was not comfortable in the kitchen. And I was a designer at the time. And so I actually collected books, including beautiful cookbooks. But the idea of reading a recipe was just super stressful to me. So anyway, I finally, you know, got quiet enough and figured out that my next step was to take a cooking class. And she doesn't teach them anymore, but Nina Mandelson has been on this show a few times, and she was the person who I Googled, and she was right down the street from me, and I landed at a cooking class in her kitchen that Sunday. Um, and I think I went to a couple. And it really helped me to just get comfortable with food and with pro different processes and different ways of making sauces. And I don't know, I just, that wasn't something that I grew up or was comfortable with. And I realized that that was, that was part of it. Like it was so stressful to me that I couldn't even find a little piece of joy that I was needing to find to spend that time in the kitchen that I needed to in order to feed my family. So I hugely believe in the idea of cooking classes. So when I met Debbie, I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to get you on the Plan Simple podcast because Debbie 
was a personal chef who became a virtual virtual cooking class instructor as she adapted her business with the need for virtual events in the past couple of years, right? Because um, going into other people's kitchens and cooking for them wasn't a thing for a little bit there. It still might not be. I don't know. And so Debbie has created this amazing business called The Effortless Kitchen, where she teaches people how to cook every single Saturday. And I'm really excited for you to meet her. She's a mother. Um, she grew up with with cooking. So she grew up alongside her mother and grandmother, and they cooked. And her focus is really on healthy food that tastes amazing. And we will talk about substitutions in here. And I just I just can't wait for you to meet her and hear some of her strategies and why it might be important to take a class. And she certainly will tell us how to find her. And also, I've been talking a lot with Tess Masters, who you guys have heard me speak. She's been on this podcast as well. She's another person who teaches cooking classes. I literally don't think that you can... I, I just think that if you're uncomfortable in the kitchen, learning to cook through a class is so helpful and being able to ask questions and not getting stuck. And if you do get stuck or something doesn't turn out quite as anticipated, you can ask the questions there with the instructor. So we'll link up everything in the show notes so you can have access to both. Um, Tess has a cooking school that she runs on Thursdays and Deb runs hers on Saturdays and both of them have recordings. And I'm sure there's many other cooking classes um, at large, but these are the two folks who I know the best and and truly can recommend to you. And I'm super excited for Debbie to share what she does know today with us so that we can really understand why it might be important to, to learn to cook to begin with and really feel comfortable in the kitchen. All right, with no further ado, let's get Debbie on the show. Hello, Debbie. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you, Mia. I'm so glad, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm just trying to figure out like which direction to go first. So I'm going to give you a little backdrop to a lot of people who I work with for whom awesome. we always are thinking about food and meal planning because it's an important, important part of actually the Plan Simple and Flow Planning Method process is that mm -hmm. like food is like one quadrant out of four that we have to be thinking about, including like, you know, we do work and we do lifestyle, we do all the different areas, but I just feel like over time we've siloed everything. So like we meal plan in one piece of paper or on a chalkboard in our kitchen, and then we sure. do work in our computer and then the kids yep. stuff is all somewhere else. And it's like, by the time we go to like do dinner, we get all upset because like we, there actually wasn't enough time in our calendar <laughs> to like make dinner. So that's definitely something that comes up a lot around here. Yep. Um, and, and one of the things that, you know, you, well, one of the many things that you do is teach cooking. And I always share with people that like, if you're super stressed, maybe like you just need to learn. Cause that was an important part of my story. So I did not know how to cook. Mm -hmm. 12 years ago. In fact, I don't even think I would have known how to pick kale out at a grocery store. Like that might've made me cry. Um, <laughs> and then I wrote a cookbook. So I think like, like, so I have not always been a food person mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. all. Um, and so I just think that what you do is so important for so many people, like just getting comfortable in the kitchen. So tell us a little bit about that. Cause you've worked with so many people and taught so many cooking classes about 
like what you notice people run into who are just feeling like cooking is so overwhelming and such a daunting task. Yes. Yeah. That is a big population of who I serve. <laughs> yes. Um, and actually before I started the virtual piece of my business, I didn't realize how many people there were out there that, that needed help and felt that way in the kitchen, yes. like overwhelmed or, um, stressed, not fun. You know, it's like daunting to even start. Like, what do I do? I'm a terrible cook, like all of those things. And, um, I find that, um, if, they can drum up the courage to join a class of mine because there is some, some intimidation factor. I don't know why I'm really not intimidating, but they think my <laughs> classes are more or different than they really are. Um, so coming to a class of mine allows someone who feels really uncomfortable in the kitchen to just be calm about it because everything is planned for them. So they don't have to think about what they're making. They don't have to think about how to create a shopping list because you have your ingredient list that you can just shop off of. And then my classes are full instruction. So I teach the recipe from start to finish, very, very little prep required because I realize a lot of people aren't comfortable prepping ingredients, cutting vegetables, um, measuring things. So we do it all together. So really, um, on a zoom with a group of people, you kind of just sit back, relax, and just follow along. And I find that in the end, when the meal is prepared and they're done cooking, they don't even realize that they've spent 40 minutes ish, maybe a little bit more, depending on what we do. Um, but they've spent that time making a meal for themselves. And then they're amazed and empowered and proud and all of those things that really encourage encourages the person who feels uncomfortable to continue and maybe just that. make that one recipe or come back to a class or just look up other recipes and try new things. Well, personally, I was super scared of cookbooks because I like I don't even think I knew how to read a recipe. So yes. for me, cooking classes were super helpful because I was like, oh, like that's what it means <laughs> to like put it in the blender. Like, I mean, I, it sounds so dumb, but like yeah. when you see it in action, it's so yeah. different than when right. you're like reading a, and it and helps you be able to then read the book, which is, you know, the cookbook, if that's what you're going to do next, um, yes. which is super helpful. And then the other thing that I find, and it's how is, you know, why I do what I do actually is that as women who are mostly who's listening to this podcast, like, I feel like cooking and the kitchen, like it's this like inherited thing that we have that we think we're supposed to be perfect at. Mm -hmm, and yet most mm -hmm. of us weren't even taught how to do some of the basics. Right. And so just like that idea that you're in a group and there's someone holding the group and it's a container and there's other people who don't like, I don't know, that just sounds so freeing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I named my business, the effortless kitchen and it really does make sense that it is kind of effortless. Yes. You do have to cook it, cook the food, but we're there together doing it together. So it is fairly effortless because the, the hardest thing is not the actual cooking part. It's the planning, it's the thought, it's the shopping list, it's all of that yeah. and getting everything like in your mind ready to go. So if you are committed to hopping on a class with me at 1 PM on a Saturday, and then you're going to show up and you're just going to do everything with me. So um, it really does take the stress out of it. 
All right. So let's, let's go into that because so, I mean, so you're teaching a recipe a week, which is amazing. And I, I also like love sharing the strategy of like, sometimes when people are really overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, just sit down and make a list of the 20 things that you know how to cook. Because I used to always find that when I was like having to think about what was for dinner, I like all of a sudden made up that I had no idea how to do anything, yeah. which wasn't true. Um, so I can imagine that if you like do a cooking class a week, like you built up this repertoire and then mm-hmm. you can pull from it for always. But for anyone who's thinking about meal planning and that whole process of like figuring out what to eat, figuring out what to buy at the grocery store. Like, do you have tips for that process? I do, but I have to just step back for one second. If you said to me, even in the position that I'm in, that I love to cook and I cook all the time. If I had to make a list of 20 things that I liked that I cook or that I like to cook, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could write a list of 20 things. Like, I think it would just be overwhelming to me to go, Oh my gosh, I can't figure out 20 things, maybe five. Five yeah, would be my go-to, right? All right, five things. Um, because I would be like, oh my God, I, I, I know I can do a million things, but then like, I, I don't know, I would just freeze in that moment. Um, meal planning is also like this daunting process, right? It's like, oh, you have to do it this way. You have to have everything prepped on a Sunday. And I feel like meal planning should be, um, let's pick one thing. Pick one thing that you're going to prep for in bulk, Maybe it's on a Sunday, maybe it's whenever you can that you have in your fridge that can be your go-to ingredient that you pull out to build a meal around. And it could be mm-hmm. a lunch or a dinner. It doesn't have to be like, um, you know, just dinner. So I always suggest like, let's go with a grain and cook a grain in bulk and then have that ready. And I don't know if people know this, but um, you can cook grain in bulk and then freeze the cooked grain in portion sizes. So you can pull it out of your freezer. So if you're making a yeah, well, lot that, of that it, makes sense. Cause you can like buy it at Whole, at Whole Foods. You can go to Whole Foods exactly. and, Joe's and buy and cooked rice. So somebody, if anybody's an instant pot fan on here, instant pot cooked rice in the instant pot, not on the rice setting on the actual pressure cook setting fast, easy. You can make a ton of it. So my suggestion is let's go with one thing. Don't try to prep your entire week's worth of meals. It's just too much. So, or roast a bunch of vegetables. I love roasting root vegetables, um, on the weekends just to have, and then I can have things to put on a salad or to be a side for a protein for dinner. So like, that's kind of my tip for, for that. Um, and you know, I, uh, I love going to the grocery store. So you mentioned, you know, how do you, how do you approach the grocery store? What do you do? And, um, you know, I love walking around the produce section. I also am a whole food shopper. Um, my, you know, I should get some rewards for that. Cause I talk about whole foods all the time, but I happen to just like the layout of the produce section and the freshness of everything or stores like that, yep. where, Maybe, you know, if people are intimidated, I wouldn't say try something that you've never tried before, Um, but go with the thing that you think that you love and, and, and cook that one thing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And so for anyone who's like, yeah, that sounds great, except that there's like five people and I work and like, it just always feels overwhelming. What would you say to them or somebody who hates going to the grocery store? Okay, well, you can get your groceries delivered. So <laughs> this is true. There's that. I mean, the pandemic has showed us that that is actually a very easy thing to do and it's not expensive. Um, so I would say order your groceries and you could, if you've got, you know, a bunch of people in the house and you have, you know, that's why people say Sundays because Sunday tends to be family day slower. You know, people typically aren't working. 
maybe get the family involved and do it together. I mean, when you, especially if we're talking about children, when you cook with children or, or have them be part of the process, they tend to eat healthier foods yeah. because they understand like what goes into the process of, of planning. And if they're planning it, they have, they're invested, right? They've, they've decided I'm, we're going to eat this meal on, you know, tonight or Tuesday or whatever it is. So um, they might be more excited to be part of it. And I'm not talking about like hours of prep, you know, like set aside 30 minutes to an hour on a Sunday, you know, that, that whole thing about meal planning all day, like um, prepping meal prepping all day on a Sunday, like that's just too much. I don't do that. Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend it unless that's what you love to do. Yeah. And well, and, or if like, that's what you love to do because it's what feeds you all week. I actually did a different thing, which is I just worked on being okay in the kitchen (laughs) because I mean, I think you've always loved to cook, but clearly I have not. Um, And so it took me a few years, but I just got to the point where it's actually kind of relaxing to make dinner. Um, And it actually feels nurturing instead of like, this huge burden that's going to, you know, create chaos and all the things. Um, and that has really served me well. And so I as well, don't do a ton on, on Sundays, actually the piece. So I, I actually don't do anything for dinners ever. Cause I've just like created this hour for myself from five 30 to six 30 that has mm-hmm. just become when I make dinner. But, but I have found in the pandemic that lunch while I'm working is harder. So I focus actually on my meal prep on lunch. Cause I was just finding that I was not feeding myself and my husband mm-hmm. wasn't eating very well as we were working from home during the pandemic. So yeah, that's kind of where yeah. my focus has gone. And so a good tip for that is just to cook a little extra dinner yes. and then you'll have lunch the next day. I mean, that's, we do a lot of that. And my husband loves it because um, when there's food in the fridge and there's, I, I don't always have leftovers, but when there are, he's, you know, having a hot meal because he's working from, been working from home since the beginning. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I don't know, where do you want to take this next? What, what haven't we told the people? Um, I mean, I know that a lot of people in this community are dealing with, um, you know, either wanting to eat healthier or there actually are restrictions that have been put on their diet, whether that's gluten-free or dairy-free. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people are attracted into this because of that was my story. Yes. Um, so what, I don't know, do you have tips for that? Especially, I guess, as it comes to like the family meal, you know, I've, I know the pattern that I've created around that, but definitely at this point we have, we have five very different eaters in our house and, mm-hmm. you know, because of my comfort in the kitchen, I've like sort of been able to make the illusion of one meal most of the time. Um, right, but right. I have a feeling you have some good tricks. Well, um, first of all, I think it's important. So I try to build my menus so that I can modify things for people who have dietary restrictions or preferences. Mm-hmm. And most of my dishes are that I offer um, are are able to be modified, especially for gluten-free, dairy-free. Um, if they're not, my menu will indicate with the, you know, the letters below each dish. So you know what you're getting into before you sign up for a class. Um, but what I find when you're cooking, and this could not even be dietary restrictions. It could be more based on personal preference of picky eaters and cooking for five different palates. Um, I find like, my go-to for that is like a grain bowl, 
of some sort. And it could be Southwest, it could be Mexican, it could be Asian flavors. And you're cooking a protein, or let's say chicken, and then you have you know, grain on the side. And let's say somebody, um, you know, needs it to be gluten-free, then you make sure your grain's gluten-free. If somebody is not eating carbs, you can have some cauliflower rice. So you have yeah. bits and pieces that everybody can build their own meal. That's so you're mean. not just serving, right? This big, you know, casserole yes. and everything's <laughs> in it. And someone's like, Oh, I don't like, you know, whatever roasted peppers or whatever. Um, so you don't feel like you're making five different meals. Yeah, that's what we, that's pretty a, much my go-to. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. love that. Like I have bibimbap coming up in my, um, on March 5th. I love that dish. And what I like about it is everything is in its own little bowl. So you get all the veggies. And so if you don't like a certain one, you don't have to put it on your plate. Ooh, you that's build a it favorite like in our like house. It. I love mm-hmm. bibimbap. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So, so what else about, tell us more about sort of, because I know that you have taught so many people. So there's this idea that, you know, we're like, so for anyone who's like, but, but Debbie, the kitchen is just stressful. I'm not good at this. I wasn't born good at this. Like my mother never taught me this. Like my family's just busy or it must be busier than your family. You know, like all the things that we, I think run into like these, I don't know, just like, we're not meant for this. What, what, like what, what things can we focus on? You know, so we've, we've gone through the meal planning. Definitely. I would say taking a class is a huge way to boost your confidence. What are some of your other tricks for just easing into that, that effortless state in, in your kitchen? So I actually created a signature talk around this because I think that all of those things that you just said are aside from, you know, being busy, but you know, you can make time if you're, yep. you know, right. It's a priority. There's always going to be a little bit of time to make a priority, like move some things around. Um, because, um, the reason why I feel like people should be cooking for themselves is because you know exactly what's in your food and that leads to healthy eating, healthy habits. Um, I love supporting the restaurant community, but, and I do, but I feel like you don't know what's in that food or you don't what's if you buy a package of something in the, in the store that's already pre-made, you don't know what's in there. Um, but going back to this, this, I, I feel like it's a story that people are telling themselves, like, I, I can't do it. I'm terrible in the kitchen. Um, I understand the fear component. Um, but I do believe, and the reason why I believe this is because I've seen it over the past two years that people who have those stories have come to my class and they are completely transformed. It's not like, you know, snap, they're like amazing chefs, but it's just stepping over the line and feeling a little bit more confident and in control of what you're doing in the kitchen. Um, And so my talk is around how do you work with a recipe if you are completely terrified of working with a recipe? And my tips around it are talk to a friend that you trust and get their favorite weeknight recipe, have them share it with you. And then the thing about recipes and cooking is as much as, you know, I find it to be creative, it is really kind of methodical. So you have to be, you have to plan and be prepared. So by doing the reading through the steps of the entire recipe, look at all the ingredients 
read the entire directions because you need to know, is this thing going to take me, you know, does it, does something need to rest for an hour? Does something need to marinate for an hour or two hours? Um, you know, maybe that's not your go-to recipe. I like the weeknight cause they tend to be faster. Um, but once you've read through everything and once you have all of your ingredients and you think you're ready to go, um, I always say prep everything in advance and just take it slow, like go through everything and take it slow, follow all of the directions. And when you're done in the end, if you made a mistake, it's not a big deal. Sometimes mistakes make things better in the end. <laughs> I've made plenty of mistakes, um, but it's really about just, just being calm about it and yes. being prepared. Yeah. There's something about being calm. So I just say like, whatever the fastest path is to calm, like, like the, there's something about the stress that we feel. And I, it's just like, if we can figure out the path to calm and I'll, I will share my story. So my story was, I, I actually had a health crisis. So the first thing that I learned when I, when I like sort of took the reins of food, I should, I guess I should say, which I mm-hmm. certainly had not done before that, before that it was like frozen food aisle, takeout, or I actually had married a very good chef. But the problem was, is at the time that I had my health crisis, I also had three very small children and he was not home in time for dinner for me to feed them. So I was like Mm -hmm. in this moment where like, I just had to pick up the reins. And so I was given like what I could eat and I kept it so freaking simple that it was scary. And I think I ate the same things for like five weeks, but that's what calmed me in that moment. And then once I got sick of that, my next step actually was to go to a cooking class. Like, so I just Googled what the way I was eating and there, there popped up a cooking class like the next Saturday and I went and that really opened up everything for me because I just learned all this like lingo and like, it just calmed me down for whatever reason. And and then from there, you know, I learned a little bit more and then I, you know, and then, you know, over the years, I our, our ever changing hormones have changed a little bit what I eat. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm just always paying attention to what's next. Um, yeah. But it doesn't yeah. feel as hard at all. Yeah, it is. It is stepping past that fear being calm. Maybe it's putting music on. Yes. Maybe I don't know what it is for some people, but um, I find that the preparation in advance. So you're not just scrambling. Like I, I have, I I cook recipes all the time and sometimes I'm just going from step to step and just doing things as I need to, but it's so much easier when you get it all like prepped and laid out in front of you. Like you're in a restaurant and it's mise en place and they put everything in the little bowls. Like if we watch a cooking show, everything's like already in the little bowls. Do that for yourself. If you feel like trying to follow step to step and rushing to get something into the pan when, you know, something is maybe cooking too fast and you're like, Oh no, I have to chop this onion. And like, that's stress. I don't like to do that. Like I can handle it, but I can see where that would be completely overwhelming. So get everything ready, have your oven preheated, water boiling, like everything should be ready to go so that you're just zipping through the recipe, you know, putting things in when it says to put it in and um, so I have a random like personal question, but like, so, okay. So, so your business is teaching cooking. So I, I know that when I was like making my book and whatnot, like I was a little bit more uh, everything. I, I feel like everything I was making had something to do with that a little bit, but so you teach on, you, you have this cooking class once a week and we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that in a minute. 
And, but when you're doing your meals, are you always cooking from recipes? Well, I mean, you're a cook, so probably not. No, not, I'm not. How do you think through your week? Tell us a little bit about how you think through your oh. week. <laughs> so you heard all my talk about meal planning and all of that. <laughs> I am so old school that I would really, if I could make it to the grocery store every day to buy my ingredients for the day. Yes, you would. would. Yeah. I would. I love doing it that way, but cause I, I don't like to decide what I'm going to eat in three days if I don't feel like eating that in three days. So sometimes I'll yep. just wait till the day of and go, hmm, what do I feel like today? And just grab it you know, the ingredients from the store. Um, but life is a little bit busy with now sports is back in action and my daughter's playing basketball. And so I need to be a little bit more prepared. So on, um, a Sunday, I'll just figure out kind of like what protein and veggies do I want to have? I always have grains in the cabinet, so I don't ever really have to buy those in all of the condiments that I need for sauces. Um, and so I'll just grab that and then see how I feel each day and what fits together. So that's kind of what I have. Are you always the one deciding or I am. It's so strange to me to not decide. So I, it's so strange (laughs) to me to be my husband who sits down every night and is like, what do we eat? Like, I'm like, how do you not know what's on the, what's going to be on the table? Like that's the best (laughs) part of the day for me is like, wow. Like what am, what am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for dinner? But you know, he just shows up and there's food. And I think that's so, I think it's so what you just shared though is so important because like literally when you said that you would go grocery shopping every day, your like whole face lit up. So I think that's really important because there might be somebody listening who like likes that too, but somehow got explained that they need to meal prep every Mm -hmm. Sunday. And so really, I think it's just about like, it's about really zeroing in on what creates joy for you and then making a plan for it. Cause I find like the thing that we, the, th- the thing that I think I shorted myself the most with was the time. But the second I gave myself the time, like the mm-hmm. second I had that hour every day, it like, it almost feels like, I, I know that meals are taking me longer than 10 minutes, but it almost feels like they take 10 minutes because I never have a shortage of the time to make them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so I'm never feeling like I don't have enough time. And yes, I think that's what that's we where do the a stress lot. Is, right? yeah. That's where the stress comes in. But if you plan for it and it's like, you know, scheduling your day and you have a meeting at one o'clock, we'll have a meeting at five 30, right? That's your time to cook or whatever time it is. Yeah. I love that. So a lot of people um, who are listening to this, as I said, you know, are thinking about maybe gluten-free or dairy-free. So I know that like when you're teaching a class, you make it so that people can switch. So if something has one of those things, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to switch. Is there anything like, is there anything to pass on to people who feel like they can't have anything because they have those restrictions? Like, so um, I don't know, just any tips. Cause like, you're always thinking how to switch it. Yeah. Um, so if they're looking at a recipe, like, if yeah. And it's recipe, like, shoot, like, I, can't oh, eat shoot I can have that flip, yeah. and then, you know, like keep going. Um, well you, you should know kind of what your go-to substitutions would be. Right. So if a, a dish has soy sauce, you want to have tamari Mine. or yeah. liquided coconut aminos. Um, if you're dairy free and you've got butter in a dish, you can obviously use oil to substitute. Um, I don't know if you've recommended brands of vegan cheese, but um, Biolife brand is a really good substitution for um, cheese in a dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does it does um, act very similar to a dairy <laughs> cheese. Yeah, not all of them um, do. <laughs> no, they don't. So um, that was a good tip. 
um, just kind of knowing like if you're if you just like scanning the ingredient list and you're like, oh, mm, I can't have that. Well, what is it that you can't can have? Or maybe you just leave it out. Like I look yeah. at recipes and I'm like, uh, I, I have a sensitivity to mushrooms and eggplant. I'm like, well, unless it's like a roasted portobello mushroom, like I'm gonna, you know, just skip the mushrooms. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Um and I'm trying to think of other substitutions that are really, really common, like grains. Um, I mean, there's pasta out there that, you know, I'm kind of playing around with all of the, um, the plant-based pastas now yep. to, to kind of, well, it's really kind of a protein thing for me where I'm looking to get more protein into my diet. So that's why I'm looking to make the switch, not because of the carbs or the gluten. Yep. Um, but you know, that's another big way to swap things. We are loving the chickpea one around here where we have a bunch of protein counting vegetarian people. (laughs) I, um, yes, I tried the, I did the bonza last night. My family had regular pasta. So I did have two pots of water going, you know, it it is what it is. Um, I'm trying the red lentil for the next pasta meal. See how that goes. What I have found, just FYI, this is a lot of information for people listening who don't care about pasta, but the spaghetti from Bonza and like the twirlies do really well. The elbows do not do well, but anyway, okay. so it's like the shapes actually seem to affect. Good to know. But we have found great things with like the spaghetti <laughs> and okay. the twirlies. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Good tip. Yes. Um, and so, okay. So now tell us a little bit about like coming to your classes, like, tell us what's coming up. So this will definitely come out in the month of February. So what, what comes up in March? How do you plan that? Um, we'll put all the links in the show note, but just tell us what the process is. Um, and maybe how we might think about taking a class and fit it into our week. Okay. So if you were to sign up for a class, you'd go to the link that you're going to share, which is the effortlesskitchen.com, And there's a seasonal menu on there. And I have classes that are scheduled out through the middle of March right now. Awesome. So there's Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern and it's on Zoom. So the week before the class starts or whenever you sign up, if you sign up within the same week, you're going to get the recipe and the Zoom link. And on the recipe, it has all of the ingredients you need, any dietary substitutions, any prep to be done in advance of the class, which like I said, there's not a ton of prep. So it's usually like turn your oven on, have some water boiling, maybe cook your grain in advance because we don't need to be doing that together. Cause I want to like, I don't want to be on the zoom and have people feel like oh, God, we're cooking for like hours and hours. <laughs> um, my, my recipes tend to be on the simpler side because by design, cause I don't want it to be challenge too challenging. I want it to be fun. I want it to be relaxing and enjoyable. Um, so you can get all of your ingredients ready. Um, and by that, I mean, have them shopped for and in your house before the class. And then there's pull them out of your fridge. So there's, we're not cutting, like you're not following that ingredient list that says a quarter cup chopped parsley, like just leave it out. We're going to do everything. We do everything together. So we're together on zoom for about an hour. Um, My classes have become like a community because people keep coming back and then people get to know each other. So uh, whenever we have new people on, we all do introductions in the beginning. So everybody knows who's who and where they're cooking from. Um, And questions can be asked throughout the class. It's interactive. And when we're done, we take a fun photo and then everybody hops off to go off and eat their lunch. It's typically lunch. And I do have people cooking on the West coast, so it's brunch for them, but um, it, the time works out. That's why it is 1 PM Eastern just to accommodate 
the whole United States or North yes. America. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love so, that. So that's that. And I also, if, so let's say, oh, 1 PM Saturday, I can't make it, but oh my gosh, I really love that bibimbap class on March 5th. You can sign up for the class. You'll get the recording and the recipe. So you'll get the recipe in advance, like everybody else. And then once the class is done, I always record it and then send it out to those who couldn't make it. Amazing. Um, and I think you said that there's a class that everyone can try for free. Is that true? Yes. So I also offer recorded classes. And I did this because there were people who wanted a varied menu or they were like, oh, shoot, I missed the class from, you know, last season. And so I'm taking classes that I've done in the past or recipes I've done in the past and I've recorded them. So it's um, a different offering on my website. They are, you get the recipe and you get the recording and you follow along at your leisure and make the meal whenever you feel like it. So I've offered, so people will understand what it's about and kind of get to know me. There's a free offering for a recorded class and recipe, and it's for my potato leek soup with grilled cheese croutons which is delicious. Perfect that we're launching this in February because it's cold here in the Northeast. <laughs> yes, it um, is. And the, the soup is naturally gluten-free, dairy-free, and the uh, and also um, vegetarian. I make it with butter. You can make it with oil if you're vegan. And then the grilled cheese croutons, you can just modify the bread and the cheese and, and butter dairy if you if you need to. Amazing. Amazing. So actually, now that I'm thinking out loud and smartly, like technically if someone's feeling really stressed about the kitchen and wanting to get into it, they could go find five dinners and mm -hmm. just cook them with you yes. on their own time, which they totally might be totally helpful. Right. If they're like, if someone's listening and they're like, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I still feel really intimidated and scared. Yeah. Get a recorded class and try that out. Um, yeah. You can well, and it and sounds like, it. yeah. And it sounds like you do the ingredient list and like the, you do the shopping list, which I think is really helpful. Cause I mean, technically, you know, my husband and kids are always looking at YouTube videos of, of cooking and they can do it, but they're, they're like haphazard, you know, they're not really like focused on getting you through. And for anyone who's stressed out about shopping, they totally don't solve that piece. So I, I, it just seems like such a great way to just experience a week of um, having part of it done for you. You still get to go choose which recipes you want to do right. um, exactly. and, and figure out a meal. I love that. All right. Yes. And if anyone's cool. listening and they're like, oh, I can't make the live class. I love that dish. You know who I'd really like to cook with? I really like to cook with my group of friends across the country, or maybe they're local and I haven't seen them for two years and, or family. I do private, um, custom parties. Oh, fun. So that groups can get together and they pick the dish. They pick the time, you know, obviously with my help. And I just did a family party on Sun on Friday night. And it was a holiday gift that one had purchased so that she's like, we haven't seen each other in two years. This is crazy. So we got together and for an hour we cooked. And then in the private events, I also do corporate events, um, which run the same way. Everything runs very similar to my live classes, but the private and the corporate events, those groups stay on the zoom afterwards and I hop off. So they get to have their like real connection time, eat and drink oh, together. That's so fun. I love yeah. that. What a yeah. good thing in this strange time we're living in. Although I do think that this strange time we're living in has opened it. It's like 
you know, even if we weren't in a pandemic, the truth is, is that I have three siblings who live in very different cities all over the country. And mm-hmm. so, you know, before the pandemic, I might not have thought to eat dinner with them on Zoom. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, I hope everyone goes and looks up Debbie. It's super exciting. I'm all of a sudden all excited to make Bebum Bop. Maybe I'll come to that class. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else we've missed? Is there anything that you feel like people need to understand about cooking or any part of the process that is important for you to share with them? I don't know, because I really think that um, I feel like everyone can cook. Yes. And I feel like cooking should be um, easy for people if they make it easy for themselves. So um, kind of get out of your own way. I think I get out of your own way. is probably, but there are things that I'm intimidated by that. I'm like, Ooh, I can't, I just can't do that. So (laughs) I'm sure I need, I need a virtual class for that. So, um, I get, I completely get where people are coming from. Um, I just happened to grow up with my mother cooking and my grandmother and I've got my grandmother, uh, um, the Italian side. And then my mother is, um, Eastern European Jewish. So, uh, it was all about food all the time. And that was just how I grew up. But I have to say that my sister grew up in the same household and she can't cook. So it's just like, I gravitated towards the kitchen because I don't know if I just liked eating or I liked the time with them, but whatever it was, because I try to figure out why I have three kids and I have one who can't cook yet. This is what I do for a living. Yes, And so you can't, force it. You can offer it. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, she's now independent and living in New York city by herself. So she is now starting to cook. (laughs) Well, we, we have conversations now about, you know, little meal prepping and shopping. And so now she's getting her education when she needs it, but, um, you know, if there's no interest, you can't really force it. So I understand like whether you've had it, you were immersed in it at home, or maybe your family weren't into, you know, cooking in the kitchen. Um, you know, I, I just, I happen to love it. And, um, I'm so happy to be able to teach people what I know and like healthy focused food and simple recipes and cooking should be fun and easy. I love it. And I think that that's really important. I think it's important that that attitude is teaching classes. Um, because the thing I actually hear the most is like, I, you know, feel like I get this job by default because I'm like the woman and the mother and whatever. And I just don't want it. Um, I hear that from clients all the time. And, um, I just like, and, and it's funny cause I'm a little bit kind of like that, but when I started cooking, like you said that, you know, cooking from scratch from home is like just by far the healthiest way to go. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was about health. And so I could get behind, like, I, I, I still wouldn't like, I wouldn't go on Pinterest and like find lots of pictures and get excited by recipes. Like that's not what excites me, but feeling good does really excite me. And mm-hmm. I happen to have a sensitive enough body that like eating from home makes a huge huge difference. And so whatever you can do, I think just to get excited behind like making the food, I just think that that by far makes the biggest difference. Yeah. Is it buying a beautiful cookbook? 
Like that could be something like yeah. that really excites me is yeah. the cookbooks and I'm still into them. And I'm like, I try to resist every time I see one like that. Cause I mean, just looking at the pictures of like, I just love to flip through a cookbook. It's so relaxing for me. <laughs> so we have opposite motivations. Yeah. We still both are very content making dinner. I love it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, for your time. Thank um, you. Yeah. This was really fun. And hopefully, um, you'll see some of some listeners in your cooking classes. Yes. I hope I help somebody out there today. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So at the end of every episode, we always choose three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is definitely where change happens. But here's the thing about action. It does not have to be big in order to add up to big change. It can be the little things that add up over time. Here's the other thing about action. Very often when we want to create big change in our life, we add in a lot all at once. And what this does is it creates overwhelm. And action from overwhelm is very different from action from a feeling of joy or ease or fun or any of the good words, okay? So the thing that making change doable does is it can keep us in that energy. And from the energy, from that good energy, we can create momentum and moving forward. So that is why I ask you to always choose one doable change a week and really let them add up over time. It's really fun. And I promise you will implement so much more in your life by doing this process. So here are three doable changes from this episode. Number one, Take a cooking class. If you are uncomfortable in the kitchen, cookbooks can be really daunting and kind of scary and confusing and not fun to work with. A class can help you learn a lot of the lingo and the techniques and see what everything really means. A class can just put all of that into context so when you do end up in a cookbook, it just feels so much easier. So we gave you some links for some of... Deborah's classes, which I'm super excited for us all to check out. And again, she totally caters to all the different cooking needs. We also partner quite frequently with Tess Masters. Um, many of you have heard me talk about her 60 day re reset. So I will link to her website as well in the show notes so you can see some of her videos. All of those would be cooking classes, and both of them offer live cooking classes. All right. So I totally recommend going and checking that out. And Debbie has live cooking classes that are created on the weekend for busy people. Listen, I don't think you can actually take too many cooking classes. This was such a helpful tool to me as I was stepping into my health and wanting to really create great meals for my kids. Um, so it's a fun thing to have multiple resources for, all right? Um, and Debbie teaches on Saturdays so that you're making a late lunch. I'm sure you could also save it for an early dinner. And she'll just totally make the process easy for you on those Saturday afternoons. And I can promise you that the ease and the in the kitchen, the camaraderie, all of that adds up and makes the process less stressful, which is what we're aiming at here. All right, so take a cooking class. That's doable change number one, all right? Number two, 
prep an ingredient, and I love the and there instead of multiple ingredients. If prepping all your meals for the week feels like way too much, you could just decide to prep one ingredient that might help you throughout the week. You could make a big batch of rice or other grain. You can use it throughout the week or freeze portions of it to make meals easier later on, or you could roast a bunch of veggies to use in salads or as a side throughout the week. So I do this quite often. I love the roasting of vegetables trick. I also quite frequently on a Sunday will make a big thing of brown rice or quinoa, which also helps just create all sorts of meals throughout the week. So I love doing that. And I also love sometimes making something complicated that um, and making more of it and then freezing it. So things that I do that for are, are well, soups aren't that complicated, but sometimes I'll do it with soups. Um, enchiladas are something that if I make, I like to make a lot of and freeze some. So just play with that, right? So prep one thing. Enchiladas aren't really an ingredient. They're like a whole deal. But again, it's that that idea that you don't have to prep the whole week on Sunday. But the concept we talk a lot about in Flow 365 is just moving food forward. You can move food forward on Sunday so that it makes it just a little bit easier when you go to make your meal on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, right? It just makes it just a little bit easier. And that just a little bit easier shifts the energy completely around you making the meal. And so that's what prepping an ingredient is about. All right, number three, flexible meals to meet different eaters' needs. So all the time I get asked about one meal versus multiple meals. And I find that if I plan for the variety that everybody needs. It all goes so much better, both from a me cooking perspective, but just also from a a what they expect perspective. So if you're juggling different dietary needs and preferences in your family, you could try the strategy of grain bowls. You can choose a grain that works for everyone. You could even use cauliflower rice. I've done this actually with potatoes. Um, You can do it with anything. And then everyone puts together their own bowls with the variety of protein and veggie options you've created. Another way to approach this is look at your recipes and know your substitutions. So you might know that instead of soy sauce, you're always going to use tamari or coconut aminos, right? Or you're going to see what you would use, or you just simply leave out cheese or find a cheese that works for your dairy-free family. Sometimes I'll do two trays, one with regular dairy and one with non-dairy because we're sort of half-half in this house. Um, And then the other thing is with those grain bowls, they can really be anything. And those are the things that have brought my family the farthest along. And so very often, you know, I'll make some lentils and some quinoa and um, some animal protein and like three or four different veggies. And I'll have them out and I might make one that's mostly the veggies and a little bit of lentils. And, you know, one of my kids would have 
um, mostly the animal protein with the vegetables and a little teeny bit of the rice. And another one would like start with the rice and um, have the vegetables and the lentils. And it just makes it so we're all having the quote unquote same dinner, but in a very flexible way. And if this sounds like a lot, as I'm saying it out loud, the way I make it not a lot is I have it a couple times during the week. And so we're constantly like switching around and mixing and matching the stuff or creating a different sauce or adding a veggie that if one went away in one of the bowls. Um, so it, it makes it like flexible. And so the things are coming out for more than one meal. Okay. And sometimes I'll be honest, they all go and because I have three teenagers now and that's fine too. All right, those were the three doable changes from this week. Take a cooking class, prep an ingredient, and create flexible meals to meet the different eaters in your house's needs. So good. So take one of those and run with it, and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. And if you loved everything you heard today and you know a friend who might really appreciate this episode, feel free to text them, message them, send it their way so that they can hear it too. We love when we get new listeners from you who are our current listeners. All right. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.